0: Everyone knows a true king must wear a crown. In the jungles of Southeast Asia, the kingly crown isn't a mane, but a hood. The King Cobra is an infamous monarch that uses his regal headwear to intimidate foreign powers that threaten his domain. But those that don't respect the crown always respect the bite. And that's what it takes to maintain the throne in life, death, and taxonomy. Welcome to Life, Death, and Taxonomy. It's your 30 minutes of interesting animal information. I'm Joe.
1: And I'm Carlos, but am I welcome back?
0: Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. And today we're talking about, uh, uh, thank you Cassie for the creation of our theme song. To hear more of Cassie's music, please search Cassie Michelle on YouTube. I've got the yips.
1: And thank you to Johanna for the creation of this week's artwork to so check that out. You can follow us at uh, or visit us at our home on the web at taxonomy.com And a very special thank you to our patrons. Thank you to Tristan Taylor, Jesse Raspilich, Carol Raspilich, and Richard Kaspar. Thank you so much for your support. It's greatly appreciated. Thanks for helping us keep the lights on.
0: And today we're talking about the cold blooded king of the jungle. But more on that later. Yes. But more on that later. I didn't even write that down. I do have the yips. <laughs>
1: Do you usually write down? But more on that later. Yeah. Oh, uh, interesting. Um,
0: because it's, this is essentially a, this can serve as a transcript almost when I put it on the website. Oh, interesting. I,
1: I always wondered why the, the lion was considered the king of the jungle um, when when nothing about it really lends itself to living in a jungle. Even yeah, it, I don't it, know. It had a much wider range than it does now, but it's not—it's not adapted to living in the jungle. So it's, I would—it doesn't really make much sense. I would call the—I I would, I would sooner call the, the cobra the king of the jungle. Maybe not the African jungle. But.
0: Really, the tiger is the king of the jungle because it's a big cat. It's a big predator that, that actually lives in the jungle.
1: Yeah, I guess if you're exploring Africa, then you call the king of the jungle the leopard. Or yeah, something like that. A crocodile, I'd call that. The king. No. Not the lion. That's the king of the savanna. Um, Definitely. for the Serengeti. But yeah, we're talking about the king, the
0: sultan of the Serengeti.
1: Oh man, you kind of you just you just took a little bit of a little bit of the, the gas out of my one of my <laughs> nicknames. <laughs> the king cobra, which is it's also called the. Hamadryad which just sounds like some sort of like Greek en- ancient Greek entity it's like we- oh no the prophecy it's being fulfilled now we must go and visit the Hamadryad <laughs> I thought I'd never have to go back there it's been a thousand years but anyway um, we're going to call the king cobra here the hooded hypnotist the venomous vizier and the sultan of sting
0: Oh wow. We were both thinking of sultans.
1: Yeah, but I was thinking of Do you of Babe Ruth. think
0: every time you think of like um like a fun amount, of, like a bunch of nicknames leading up to introducing something, do you think about the sandlot? Cuz I always think about the sandlot. Talking uh, about I was definitely thinking
1: about the sandlot when I came up with the Sultan of Sting. Yeah. Bibby mentioned something about sultans and I was like, okay, I got to work Sultan in there. And I was like, oh no, but you know, he doesn't really see the colossal you. of clout, <laughs> the Cobra colossal of clout. Um, But yeah, that's the, do you want to hear what scientists call it has to say about sure. it? Sure. All right. The, co- the King Cobra is in a kingdom that it apparently rules because it is the king. Um it is Elvis. <laughs> uh it is the kingdom that you know, love, and are in that kingdom is Animalia. And I would not call this a just king. Uh, the phylum is Cordata. I guess the king the king of Kingdom Animalia would be God. But um <laughs> so <laughs> there is a just king over that kingdom. Um, the phylum is Cordata, the class is a reptilia. Uh the order is Squ- squamata 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 pata. uh the suborder is Serpentes. worst house in harry potter the family is elapidae the subfamily is elapinae. Oh. if i had twins i'd call them elapidae and elapinae and no one would ever get it right um, the <laughs> genus is ophiophagus uh and the species is hannah <laughs> So, if I ever saw a, a cobra in my house, I'd be like, kill Hannah. <laughs> but yes, o, Ophiophagus, Hannah is the binomial nomenclature and since we're in the business of naming things it's time for my favorite part of the show c c c c groups part of the show where I ask you, Joe, a question and that question is the same every time what is the name of a group of this animal or what is the term of entry, or what is the collective noun we do have a collective noun for cobras, not just snakes cobras in particular so if you saw a group of cobras if you were unfortunate enough to see a group of cobras and it wasn't behind the, the safety glass of a zoo if you were dangling over it in a pit like Indiana Jones, would you say that's A, a quiver of cobras, B, a sack of cobras, C, a hood of cobras, or D, a pit of cobras? Quiver, sack, hood, or pit?
0: Um, sack, final answer.
1: That is incorrect. Is it hood? That is also incorrect. Good. It is quiver.
0: Okay. That was like... That might have been my third choice. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it is uh, not related to the animal whatsoever. Um,
0: that that always makes me feel better when I was nowhere near guessing that answer.
1: <laughs> That's a, qu- a quiver of Cobras, because you're going to be quivering if you saw it, mm-hmm. I guess. Yes, yeah, sure. That makes sense. Um, do you want to hear about what this guy looks like? Sure. King Cobras are pretty big snakes. Very big snakes, in fact. They are the, the largest uh, venomous snake in the world. They have drab green scales with cream-colored stripes. Uh, as juveniles their scales are black and yellow so they are they have much more striking colors when they're young and they turn to more camouflage colors when they're older they have rounded noses and perpetually angry eyes which have round pupils so most cartoon cobras are lies. Which because they always have those slits for for eyes, but that's that's more of a viper trait or a rattlesnake trait which a rattlesnake is technically a viper I if I remember right but nope they have they have uh they run pupils just like you me and my dog but their most characteristic trait is their trademark hood which are two scaly flaps that can flare out from either side of their neck making them one of the most intimidating snakes out there and that's by design but
0: I didn't iconic.
1: It is iconic. It it is like oh, s- snake dot text.
0: I forgot. <laughs> I forgot to uh say that this was um suggested by Calvin. Nice. Who just wanted a snake and I asked him what kind and he said, I don't know, King Cobra. <laughs> <laughs> the most iconic snake.
1: Yeah, the 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 Snake. You know what I'm talking about. The only <laughs> the only the only one that matters. What is, what is this ball python? What's this corn snake? That's not a snake. You got to give yeah. me the one with the flaps.
0: Yeah, we've done a snake. He's like, just give me a snake. And we've done a snake. What kind of snake do you want? King Cobra. Oh, I don't think we've done a King Cobra. Let's do a King Cobra. Oh, we did I, talk about King Cobra when we talked about the mongoose. Yes.
1: I thought you were talking about... Which is about- the
0: world's best measure up. He
1: wanted a snake like no 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 he wanted
0: us to do it
1: oh okay i thought he i thought you were talking to calvin and he's like i would like a snake and then you're like what kind of snake and he says king cobra because it's the only (laughs) snake he
0: knows (laughs) you may not have that you may not yeah
1: i don't yeah i think they're out of stock at the pet store um but uh i
0: mean you could run it by your parents but i don't think you're getting it
1: right right yeah Um, but yeah so this is like I said they're the largest venomous snake Um, but what is that like anaconda sized what kind of what kind of uh, sizes are we talking about here
0: Good question. Welcome to the beloved Measure Up segment, the official listener's favorite part of the show, the part of the show when we present the animal's size and dimensions in relatable terms through a quiz that's fun for the whole family. It's also part of the show that's introduced by you when you send an audio of yourself saying, singing or chittering, the words measure up into ldtaxonomy at gmail.com. We don't have a new Measure Up intro this week, which means we're going to have a King Cobra. It's a
1: famine. Introduce the show. A famine of Measure Ups. And that's not, I'm not saying that to get the, uh the, the people who have the listeners that have put the team on their back to do it again. Um, although we would love to hear measure ups from you always, but this is this is a call out to uh, to everyone who has not sent a, in a measure up. Let's hear your voice. We'll put it on the show. Going to be hear it on the show.
0: Yeah, I don't know about percentages and like usually like how it works, but like the uh, no, the number of people that send in measure ups versus the number of people that listen. Seems low. I don't know. I know it's, it's hard to get people to do do something a little less passive than just listen. Well, it's
1: kind of it, it kind of takes that um, Perot 80-20 uh, principle and just brings it to the extreme. It's not that like 20% of the people are doing 80% of the heavy lifting. It's that like 2% of the people are doing yeah. 98% of the heavy lifting.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, but... Without further ado, the listener's a favorite part of the show. Huh.
1: That it's was hard bad. to hear.
0: <laughs> no no no. Like it's the it's the sound you're hearing. It's the low sound. I, I At first I thought it was like, that's just like background room noise. But there's a really low, we'll talk about this later. But there's this really low hissing sound. It's not the like cat hiss you often hear in the movies. It's a low like. Uh, huh.
1: I thought I was listening to traffic.
0: It does sound like, yeah, it does sound like that. Uh, let's talk length. But by the way, we are in the um, age of empathy. the age of empathy for Measure Up, which means we get to th- we think about what Carlos might want to learn about, since he has to do all of the math on the fly math. Um, so let's talk about length: three point one eight to four meters. Meters. I thought these were little guys. I thought they were just little, It's the king. highly venomous guys. It's the Like king. other snakes. 10 to 13 feet and a maximum recorded length of 5.8 meters or 19.2 feet. Nearly 20 feet of snake. And it's venomous. Yeah. <laughs> That's- Danger noodle.
1: That's a, that, that, that would have been a good nickname. That's
0: not original. Oh, it's not. So, how many King Cobras go into the distance of the... The distance that the Bell P-63 King Cobra could fly in an hour? It's top speed, essentially. How many Cobras per hour can it fly? Yeah, here's a hint. The Bell P-63 King Cobra... Was a fighter aircraft developed by the United States in 1942? It never saw World War II combat use by the U.S. Air Force because it had poor performance in high altitude. The engine was behind the cockpit because the designers put a 22 uh, 22 millimeter cannon in the nose. Why does that sound small?
1: 22 millimeters. Yeah. That's. I mean, that's not the size of the cannon. That's the size of the round it fires. The round,
0: so it's just spraying out like small twenty-two millimeter. Twenty-two. Is that
1: considering that a that a, your typical pistol fires a nine millimeter? It's that's like more than twice the size of a normal handgun. Caliber.
0: Okay, so when I I I'm thinking twenty-two, like a twenty-two. It's not 22 millimeters. No, no. It's 22 point is point 22
1: inches. Yeah. It's point two two inches. No, this is 20. I always forget that they
0: mix their. Yeah. When it comes a gun, they, gun, they mix. Uh,
1: yeah. That's something, that's unit. something like three quarters of an inch in diameter is a 22 millimeter. Uh, so it's a big thing. Yeah. It's very big. Not the biggest, but like when it comes spraying out of a machine gun, it's a big, it's a big deal. <laughs>
0: So anyway, the the Soviet Union said, "Yeah, sure, we'll take those." Uh even though they're not good at high altitudes. So we gave it to them and they were fighting the Luftwaffe at the ideal altitude for this plane, so wasn't a problem. Use what you can do. So this one's about got had to do with guns and World War 2. Yeah.
1: Well, I don't think they they didn't have any uh supersonic aircraft in World War 2, so I mean, that's all I have to go on, that it, I don't think it went more than, like, 700 miles an hour.
0: Well, it's also a plane that we dumped off on uh, another country, on one of the Allies. Didn't even use it.
1: No, it doesn't sound like it, it wasn't because it was particularly slow,
0: though. No, probably not because it was slow. Which is the... But if it was super, it was if it was really fast, but not good at high altitudes, we might use it anyway.
1: Yeah, that's true. Um. Oh man, I just uh, the reason why I mentioned World War II is because I just uh, watched a documentary on kamikazes. Um. Huh. So, which has to do a lot of with planes,
0: different planes, believe it or not,
1: different different planes. <laughs> um. Anyway, so. I don't know, I'm going to say... 400 miles per hour. Because that is... That's like takeoffs. Well, no, that's that's significantly faster than like takeoff speed. So it's enough to get you in the air and keep you in the air. But uh, it is nowhere near supersonic. So I'm just going to go with that middle. Um. In an hour, you said. Mm-hmm. So the yeah, it's four four hundred miles. My answer oh, is. Oh, we're
0: going by the upper end of average, so that's the thirteen feet, not the not the twenty.
1: Yeah, so I'm gonna go with one hundred and sixty one thousand snakes, king cobras per hour. Which would have been a very cool way to talk about how fast planes went. <laughs> uh, yes, that's it.
0: The correct answer is 169,000. Oh, that is, per a,
1: hour. that is a nursing school victory.
0: The plane reached speeds of 421 miles per hour or 678 kilometers per hour.
1: That is a right on 95%. You, it
0: You, is true. It is, a, it is almost 100% true. That you definitely do better when you have a frame of reference. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, not that I know any really anything about plane speeds. I just know how fast the speed of sound is, and I kind of have a general idea of how fast planes go when they take off. But then I just didn't. That was fun. I feel good about myself. <laughs> Let's is talk. Is this going to continue?
0: Yeah. Let's see. They're thirteen pounds. That's thick. It's heavy for a snake. It is. Yes. Uh, they're 13 or, pounds? Huh? Yeah. I so it's not going to be pounds. as heavy as a um Huh? They're,
1: t- they're I th- I have th- they're 20 I saw that they're 22 pounds.
0: I, I just think. typed in. I didn't see it directly on the um wiki site, so I uh, oh, just typed in... I did in, see it on the How heavy site. is a king cobra? 13 pounds.
1: Okay, well we'll go with that.
0: It's probably around the average. But yeah, the 20 footers probably have a little bit more heft to them um and also like uh, the same length of snake in a python is going to be a lot heavier these guys tend to be thin uh comparatively Mm -hmm. so how many cobras go into the weight of a hoplite shield
1: there's there's our our punic war yes oh no 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 it's not because hoplites are greek
0: Very good point. Here's a hint. The army of Carthage in the Punic Wars was trained similarly to Greek hoplites, Uh, including the sacred band of Carthage, which was the army's most elite unit supplied by Carthage's wealthiest families. So they had similar equipment and training to hoplites, the Greek hoplites.
1: Yeah, they actually had a Spartan come and train their a Spartan uh, commander, train their troops and then they tried to kill him when they when he was doing too good of a job um a hoplite shield those are pretty big if i remember but a, a shield just can't be that heavy otherwise it just doesn't make a very good shield unless you're going to unless it's like something you would just set up and not carry with you but hoplites i'm pretty sure carried their shield like it's just a, it's a spear and shield setup, I think. I'm actually, to be honest, I'm thinking of the magic card, which just has a hoplite on it. <laughs> no, red, you're right. The way you're and, describing sounds right. Red and white hoplite from Magic the Gathering. Um, they had
0: something called a heavy spear, which I kind of wanted to find the weight of, but couldn't.
1: Um, I mean, these shields are probably made out of Wood with maybe like a metal coating, possibly. Mm.
0: Metal bracers.
1: I'm going to say 15 pounds. That seems kind of heavy. I'll say 10 pounds. Mm,
0: yeah. That's a good question. What? Were they just all? Were just? Were they just painted wood, or did they have metal incorporated in?
1: I know that some shields had. I mean, I guess it depends on how you can fund your army. A cheap shield would just be wood, and then one that was a little was more expensive but more effective was a wooden shield that was coated in in a, a thin layer yes. of metal. What they weren't was or stiff all metal. Leather,
0: Wood or stiff leather faced with bronze.
1: Yeah, so we're going to go with Oh wait. You said how many of these go into the weight of a hoplite shield? Unless you're going to unless you're going to flip it on its head and say like 0. 0.7 went into the weight of a hoplite shield. Um, it's I'm probably seriously underestimating the weight of one of these shields. So I am going to say 1.5 1. 1.5 5. 1. 5 snakes final answer yeah i'm gonna say this is about a 20 pound shield that's any higher i just don't can't like that seems like it would be impractical to use in in battle you just get too tired
0: <clears throat> the correct answer is 1.3 yeah <laughs> The shield was between 14 and 18 pounds. They were pretty much carrying a full Cobra and then some on their arms in battle.
1: That is a nursing school victory is an 86%. Double
0: win. when was the last time you got a double win?
1: I can't. I can't even remember. It was in the before times.
0: (laughs) Well, That's all I got for that. Double victory. Take a victory lap.
1: Pepperidge Farm remembers.
0: <laughs> put it in the put it in the books. One day, maybe we'll get famous enough that people will actually keep a record on a website somewhere.
1: Yeah, but by but long before then, we'll get measure ups every week. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so uh, uh,
0: he, do you have any fast facts fast I, facts before we get into the major facts?
1: I do. So the king cobra. Lives in there are cobras all over, all over the African and Asian continents, but the king cobra lives in Southeast Asia, uh, from East India all the way down to Malaysia and all the countries in between. Um, it likes the uh, the the jungle or rainforest areas uh, on the islands and the rainforest in, cafe. And it, it definitely loves the rainforest cafe, especially when the lights go down and the thunder starts to roll and all the gorillas hoot. Um, it makes the food taste better. It uh, is an apex predator, uh, mainly eats other snakes and lizards. So it's that's why um, it's fun to imagine this is this the snake that Moses' staff turned into. Um, and that and obviously watching the Prince of Egypt, it turns into a cobra, and mm-hmm. eats the other snakes. Um, but yeah, this thing eats other snakes whole. Um, and it, all, it mainly eats venomous snakes like other cobras, crates, and pit vipers. Um, they make a nest out of dried leaves uh, at the base of trees. And they will lay over uh, up to over 40 eggs, which will ha- hatch in um, a little over three months. The uh, little snakelings are just as venomous as their parents or their venom is just as potent Um, And they can actually be a little bit more dangerous because they are nervous and aggressive um, Compared to their more defensive adult forms Uh, They live for about 20 years in the wild unless some superstitious Chinese shaman kills them and grinds it up into powder That gives you super strength as well as the ability to lick your own elbows Uh, It uses its tongue to catch chemical scents and search for food, and this was an interesting thing. Uh, Most snakes have forked tongues, and the reason, which we have not talked about on this show yet, is because each end of the forked tongue uh, collects its own chemical information in stereo. Together, they're in stereo. Um, So it's like having binocular smision. It's the... (laughs) They can triangulate where something is based on how much of the chemical one side of their tongue gets versus the other, which is really interesting. Hey, did you ever, did did you ever cat like look into that trend back in like the mid 2000s where like kids were getting their tongues cut in half? Yeah, I, I know about it. That was a thing that people did. Ah oh, man, that makes. I don't me know s- if it was like
0: widespread or if it was just like a couple people on Ripley's, yeah, I, believe I, it or not. I don't.
1: I don't think it was. Uh, it wasn't as rare as Ripley's, believe it or not. But it also wasn't anywhere close to widespread. But it was like, I remember other like. Because uh, it was like mid two thousand, so when I was like twelve. <clears throat> And other kids went like, wow, that's so cool or something like that. And I'm like sweating, just hearing about it. It's like, <laughs> That's so, that's such an uncomfortable thought. Um, and uncomfortable,
0: also. like even a tongue piercing. It's like, I don't want, when something's wrong with like something in your mouth. Like I, I want, have you ever had your teeth sealed? Yes. Um. Uh, and then co- you, your bite is weird for a few days. Yeah, it's just like ah, oh, you can't stop thinking about it.
1: You do get used to it though, and pretty, and yeah, relatively quickly. So, from what I understand, like, uh, if you get, if you were to get a tongue piercing, like, it would be super weird for maybe a few months, and then after that, you'd kind of forget it was there or just play with it. It wouldn't really like my. I remember when I got my wedding ring. I was, it felt weird because I was. I've, oh, never yeah, been, I've never been a ring wearer. I know. I like. I, I. don't even feel it, um, and I. You know, I play with it constantly, so I do know that it's there. But it's just like it's not a problem anymore. Um, but I, I. I. feel like it would just. It's a little bit different if you. If someone took a pair of scissors and just snipped your tongue down the middle. Yeah. Um, and they were talking about oh, you can move them independently and stuff like that, and um, not worth it. Not a. Not an advantage in my opinion. Maybe like you could reach out your tongue and like, pincer. Um, <laughs> like a like a like a piece of and Crunch and bring it into your mouth. That um, would be fun. That would be fun. You would have no one would want to be around you, but um, if you did that, but um, so yeah, I guess I guess if it's worth it, uh, there were also a lot of health complications. I think people were getting infections or like nerve damage or something like that, which is no doubt not surprising. Anyway, snakes that have naturally forked tongues. Um, use it to uh, have stereochemical receptors. Uh, They can also sense vibrations to track moving prey. Um, And like I said, like most snakes, they swallow their prey whole, which they dislocate their jaw to swallow things that can even be bigger than their head. Uh, And that's, I'll leave it at that. That's all I got. Do you have any major facts?
0: Okay, I'm calling this major fact hood habits, which sounds like a... 1990s like rap album like a Ski Lo album or something.
1: Oh, I thought you were gonna call this "F Do Right No Can Defend," because it's That's Cobra. It's Cobra Kai. Uh,
0: for the most part, king cobras avoid conflict. You said that the adults are more defensive, um, especially with humans and large predators. They tend to remain placid and run away if they can. And by run, I mean slither. And they often can, because they can slither up to twelve miles per hour. Uh,
1: that is scary.
0: Yeah, but don't worry; they're usually going away from you instead of towards you. Uh, they can become extremely aggressive though when they're defending a nest, and they may strike quickly and repeatedly without too much warning if you, if they think that you're like stumbling too close to the, to the brood. A brood of vipers. Um, Otherwise, they'll reserve aggression for when they're cornered or abused or if you get in their face and annoy them. Um, When they're startled, they can lift up to a third of their body off the ground, which you've probably seen if you've ever seen a depiction of of a cobra ever. Uh, lifting their body <laughs> up high up with their head high up off the ground, um, which means if you've got like a, a nine foot snake, you're look there's a like a three foot, foot, foot tall snake. snake. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I didn't, uh, I didn't really want to calculate a third of thirteen.
1: I'll do it right so now. Was like, That's four four point three feet.
0: Quite a quite so
1: a like feet up to my chest of snake.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, But this isn't just posturing. Um, You know how, like, they say, like, in the movies, you always see, like, right before a bear attacks, they'll stand on their hind legs. But in reality, bears on their hind legs are curious and looking around. Uh, But this isn't just posturing, this is an attack position. People often misjudge what a safe distance is when a cobra is reared up. So, like, our 13 foot snake, reared up to 14 and change. Um, you think if I stand, or four four and change, if you stand uh, a little bit more than four feet away from them, you're clear of the strike. But actually, when they're in this position, even in this position, they can advance forward. They can slither forward and strike at the same time. So their range is a lot lot longer than you think it is when they're doing this. Mm -hmm. However, they typically give a few warnings before they strike, Including their famous hood, um, the cobra hood. Like you said, it flares out around the neck, but it isn't just skin folds. It's actually ribs. Uh, their ribs move. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Um, to truly appreciate how it works, you have to kind of look at a diagram. Uh, Google images. But um, many there's like many strips of muscle. Uh, and the rib bones intertwined so that the the muscles pull the rib bones out and it, it looks pretty interesting when you see a diagram uh but in addition to the, the the hood they also have this really loud hiss that we we just heard and it's called a growling hiss uh, because it's that low rumbling hiss and they can they can hiss in like low frequencies that are close to like a low speaking, human man. And they, they found that they have what is called tracheal diverticula, which act as resonating chambers for low frequency sounds. And guess what other snake has this? Your rat Gander? snake. Oh, no. Yeah, that's true. But the rat snake, which is their prey. So they, they both have these like low hissing sounds. I don't know. They go, get in hissing contests. <laughs> Um, If you ignore the warning signs You might get bit And they have an extremely dangerous neurotoxin We are diverging From the, the The typical thing which is like when we talk about Spiders like oh the brown Recluse oh the black widow yes it can Be very dangerous but Most people survive bites They're not as dangerous As they you know they are made out to be, even though they can be dangerous. But a uh, a cobra, a king cobra bite can kill you in as little as 30 minutes. So if you're wow. like 30 minutes out from the hospital, you are in a fair amount of danger when you get bit.
1: That is not enough time. The I was literally just talking to my... Uh, father-in-law who he he uh, travels around for for his job, and he's done work in uh, in uh, Tanzania and Egypt, and there are a lot of venomous snakes over there, like the like the black mamba and the and the death adders and stuff like that. And uh, specifically in this like remote village in in Egypt, uh, it was not uncommon to see people missing hands and feet and stuff like that because. Um, they'd get bit and they're not close to anything that could save them. And so they just hack off their own appendages that got, they got bit. Wow. Uh, and that's just kind of how you live your life in there, uh, which is nuts. And then like, you know, the, the, the snakes in, in Tanzania are really aggressive. Um, and the, he was talking to some farmer there who's, they had, uh, Four cows got too close to a tree where a black mamba was, and it just killed all four cows. And we, uh, wow, we, we just bit them. So it's like ah, it's
0: it's, it's too deadly. <laughs> Scale it back. That is pretty crazy. Like some small little critter in the bushes can like kill four, take cows. out four of your like livelihood. You know,
1: we'll kill four thousand pound animals
0: that yeah crazy
1: in half an hour or whatever uh, and the, the this the king cobra is no exception it's just not quite as aggressive as something like the adders or whatever but um yeah just be ready to 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 hack off your limbs if you get <laughs> if you get bit
0: the good news is that king cobra bites are fairly uncommon guess what human uh vocation is the most likely to be bit by a king cobra uh
1: evil vizier or snake charmer
0: snake charmer is correct i knew it (laughs) Uh, yes snake charmers are um are more the most most common bit humans in in thailand uh so imagine earning a living in the same way and probably a similar living that a like juggler or a busker would how how much money would you need to make a year to be a snake charmer like i'm thinking professional athlete money
1: yeah but like you got these jugglers that juggle chainsaws and stuff like that. I'm sure they're not making professional athlete money.
0: No, no, no. That's what I'm saying. It's like these that- the people, the people in India and in these different places that do snake charming. But from what I read, ma- they're like street, street performers.
1: It doesn't seem like it's all that. It's dangerous, but it's not all that complicated.
0: No, but so like you're making it's so like if you get bit, you are in a big trouble. So first, let me if you don't want just street performer money, let me sweeten the deal. It's also illegal and you may be arrested. If someone catches you doing it, does that make you want to do it more?
1: A little bit. uh
0: because it is illegal um in India to be a snake charmer. Because what a lot of these snake charmers will do, they'll like grab up all these snakes and they'll remove their fangs. They'll remove their, uh, venom glands. They will sometimes sew their mouths shut and, um, they'll, they'll, the snakes will become locally like endangered and threatened because of all of like, you know, people going through these snakes. Um, but I, Obviously, um, there's like a, a deep cultural connection to snake charming. Um, Sowing or else no one would do it.
1: <laughs> shut seems like the worst possible course of action. Yeah. Be- Cause you're going to need a new snake in a few
0: weeks. I think what, what is most typical for people that want to remove the threat is to remove the gland Yeah, because then you still have the teeth and it looks dangerous. Um, But it's not it's not dangerous. It's not that dangerous to you, to humans. Um, But, yeah, I I was when I was thinking about this, I was like, man, who would ever want to be a snake charmer? And then I looked it up and I was like, oh, I I assumed like, oh, there's going to be this deep cultural connection with it. And there is, but it's also illegal, straight up illegal to do it
1: in India. But is it illegal everywhere else?
0: No, but, uh, well, it's illegal in India, but people still do it. Like there's families who's like, my father did it. My grandfather did it. His father did it. So I'm going to be a snake charmer.
1: Yeah. And it's not like you, it's not like those guys in, um, I think it's Nepal where they, you know, they free climb up to like this cliff to get, honey from these like ridiculous bees that uh and like half the time you somebody dies or something like that but you're getting a resource this is not getting any sort of resource you're just hoping that someone uh you know chucks a a tuppence in your in your hat when you because you're flirting with death here but if you've defanged Uh, it or removed the venom gland then you're not really flirting with death
0: true I don't know if how widespread that is I don't know if there's like oh we're the real snake charmers our snakes are fully intact and, and dangerous
1: I'm um, sure there's some sort of there's like uh there's sharks and jets gangs uh, mm-hmm. the, the like the the og and then the 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 posers but like <laughs> also here's the other thing um, if I'm a passerby, why would I want to get close enough to the snake performer, to the snake charmer, to the, actually land my tuppence in
0: his hat? That's part of it, it seemed. I saw videos of, like, the, the basket for the money is right next to the snake. Right like, next to the basket with the snake in it. So, like, it's kind of like a challenge. Like... I'll distract the snake when you put the dollar in, uh, and so you get a little thrill um, from giving this this snake charmer some cash.
1: Yeah, but you've just taken your your clientele and just shaved that right down to the the absolute like uh, thrill seekers there that are willing to put their hand within feet of a living <laughs> cobra.
0: Well, the ones I've, I saw that were doing that the snakes like the back of the snakes hood was to the the basket for the money but we just and it was locked into the um to the stick or whatever we the, just talked uh, about how
1: how easy it is to underestimate <laughs> i have uh, the, yes. the range of a of a snake and they're just so fast and they're so unpredictable man there's there's no amount of money you could pay me to get that close to a, a, a cobra let alone i'm in the position where i'm trying to pay somebody else
0: <laughs> i don't know if they all do this but in the video in the video i was watching this guy was doing that
1: yeah that is those do not seem like strong business practices but maybe they're strong i don't know
0: maybe there's a practices. lame basket and a cool basket like put some money in the cool basket i dare you <laughs> Is the basket over
1: there, twenty feet away from one, all of this danger? That's for squares. It's even shaped like a square. But if you want to be <laughs> one of the cool kids, you're gonna put your hand in front of this snake. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's um. I would I would I would rather just learn how to play Wonderwall basket on weed. guitar and uh, and and get a dog to sit there and look cute, and that's how I would earn my busking money. <laughs>
0: It's kind of like, uh, like this, this the the savvy investors when the crypto thing was going crazy. It, uh, we're like, don't invest in crypto; invest in the com- companies that are doing crypto. Um, it's like okay, so there's like a degree of separation, I guess. Um, but anyway, you you don't don't be the snake charmer; be the basket weaver that supplies the snake charmers.
1: Or be the snake provider, or the anti-venom provider. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, that's what you really want.
1: Yeah. You're just there in the wings with a blowgun, just ready to, <laughs> ready to 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 dart the the snake charmer. If and when they remove the south. gland,
0: then you call. Uh, PETA. Fish and Wildlife. India's Fish and Wildlife. We got we got Department. some snake charmers out here. Yeah. Uh, it's uh
1: it's not for me to either um I, I'll enjoy it from a distance yeah i like oh look I can see kind of over there the vague shape of a <laughs> of a man sitting there with a with a bong
0: <laughs> I'm way more interested watching a documentary video or tooling around a uh, reptile terrarium and reading the facts yeah, than I am watching a guy annoy a snake. Uh, annoy a 13-foot
1: snake that can run, that can slither 12 oh. miles an hour at you.
0: Well, that's another reason I never, I didn't know that they were ever 13 to 20 feet because the snake charmers almost never use the 13-footers. King,
1: yeah, or or never use like, it doesn't seem like they use king cobras very much either. But uh, co- just cobras in general, because it's a more of a spectacle to have this hooded, this quintessential archetype yes. of a snake uh, come rising out. You, you don't you don't want to be, you don't want to have a, a weak, you know, like coral snake or something come slithering out. Everyone's gonna laugh I, at you.
0: There is something to it. There 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 is a fascination with snake charming. It's in cartoons, uh, many cartoons.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's it is interesting how much in the zeitgeist, this fringe, and uh, frankly, not not very desirable uh, profession is. I mean, sword something like sword swallowing or like um, just any any like dangerous spectacle act that's all that's all in the in the cartoons and the movies and stuff like that's that. true
0: that's true um we are we're just fascinated by spectacle i wonder if there was a bunch of snake charmers that traveled with circuses in the united states so that's why it's so uh it's in the um culture
1: it also represents something very yeah, very foreign uh to yeah to the u.s so it's it's also quintessentially like Look, we went to the far east and brought back yeah. this man who can stare it, it, death in the face with his instrument
0: exotic intrigue
1: yeah it's very this very victorian uh yes. thing to do but anyway we are we're we're waxing here uh, yes you
0: got anything else that's all i got
1: that was the king cobra so if you got there in podcast eat it. Puff yourself up, flare your hood, and stand your ground like Tom Petty, I mean King Cobras, here in Life, Death, and Taxonomy.
0: forgot about that song i, I like, actually what have the heck does tom petty have to do with this i
1: have been singing that song for while i was giving the kids a bath i was just like no i won't bang now